Father, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for the gathering of the saints. I thank you for every person in this room. And we're just under your headship, Jesus, and we want to be glorious. We want you to make us whole. We want you to unify us. We're asking you to speak to us through your word by the spirit of God, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. We want to know you. Truth is a person. Amen? Say, give me hearing ears, Lord, to what you're saying in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God's restoring his bride. You know, Jesus has rolled out a red carpet in these last days for his bride, for his church. And he wants you, every one of you, to know that he is ravished over you. He loves you more than you could ever comprehend. God, the Father, I mean, he's just, he looks at you and he's like, you are my treasure. The book of Zechariah talks that he will, you're his treasure and he will raise you up like a banner. And one translation says that you're going to catch all the rays of the sun. And God wants to lift you up. He wants you to come out of this place of, of, of like buried treasure and that you, you would manifest as his treasure, that you would see yourself as he sees you. Because you are glorious. You are royalty. You're children of the living God. And everyone in this room, in one way or another, thought by thought, moment by moment, struggle with that understanding, knowing who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us, that we are his treasure, his purchased possession, bought with blood, bound by blood. He made a covenant with us. How many are so thankful that Jesus went all the way to the cross and he didn't just stop there, but he was buried three days and he conquered death on the grave so that we could walk in newness of life. And I just feel like sharing the love of God with you. And I have a few things written down. We're going to continue our series, A Glorious Church. But I believe that God is restoring honor to his house. He's making church family again. He's turning our churches from institutions to living rooms, just like it is at home. In other words, there's transparency too. Because a lot of times what we do in home at the living room is not what we're doing in the sanctuary. And God is making us family again. Last week we closed with the thought of, Understanding how the synagogue was actually created and instituted by man because they were losing the Hebrew language that was supposed to be taught in the homes, that was supposed to be relayed to children by their parents. And so there was a, they were losing language of covenant and of love. And so they instituted a synagogue, a place of gathering, not like the temple. Remember, the synagogue didn't have the Ark of the Covenant. It was a place that, where they didn't have the presence of God like they did in the temple. And, and not that it was bad per se, but the type and shadow of how Christianity has their own forms of synagogue that we have institutionalized covenant and love with one another and with God. I was thinking about this earlier, and I just wonder why we always have to tell people to lift their hands to the Lord. Because when God is present, you don't have to tell anyone to worship. You don't have to tell somebody, love the person next to you. That's why we can't simmer down the fellowship 
because in an atmosphere of the presence of God, we, are, we, we become His glorious bride. Amen? You remember the verse in 1 John, it says when, we, when He's revealed, we become like Him. Now, it's going to happen when He returns. How many know Jesus is coming back? By the way, we're pan-trib, if you're wondering what our eschatology view is, and we are going to be victorious. Pan-trib is not pre, post, or mid. It's pan. It means everything's going to pan out. Hallelujah. And uh, some of you are like, what the heck are you talking about, Pastor? God is going to return to a glorious church, and he is so passionate for you to become who you're supposed to be. I want to read from... uh, John chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. Rochelle, you want to help me out with that in just a moment? And so we're asking the Lord to reveal to us the traditions and institutions of man so we don't nullify true fellowship, true covenant, and true love for one another and for God. Last week we talked about how covenant and the reality of covenant is what our plumb line is, is to keep us ruled and governed by love. Isaiah 16, 5 in the message says that God is going to set up a government of love. It will be established. He's going to rule us with his love. We're not under law. Amen. We're under grace. Love has fulfilled the law. And so we're learning to become this glorious church. It's not like the old covenant where we're striving to keep up with one another and we have standards and I'm expecting you to behave one way and you're expecting me to behave one way. All that stuff is thrown aside and we just begin to love each other unconditionally and, and there's this honor and this glory that we just prefer one another. We are humble before one another. We lay our lives down and we say, you know what? Let's submit to one another in the reverence of God. You see, God, he came so that we could come into his presence together. Jesus came to bring us back to that place of the garden. Hello? Not just so you individually can come into the presence of the Lord, which is true. But so all of us together, like a family, could enter in. Now, Jesus is about ready to drive out the money changers. He's about ready to to become, you know, Jesus the prophet. Now, John the Baptist was the prophet in the wilderness to prepare the way of the Lord. Never preached in a temple or synagogue, but Jesus did. Jesus came to reveal and expose the things that needed to be changed. He was, this is Jesus the reformer that we're about ready to read about right here in John chapter 2. And it bears to what God is doing in the earth today. He's taking the synagogues and the institutions that we've set up and he's tearing them down. He's saying, listen, it's about my presence. Now, it's interesting that the money changers set up everything in the outer courts. In other words... They, they gave attention to the outer courts, which takes away attention from the Holy of Holies. It's real quiet in this place. I hope you guys are alive and awake. But I believe that today God is saying it's not about the outer courts. And we're going to look at the, the things. And there's so, there's so much depth to looking at the, the money changers and, and how, you know, they, they merchandise doves. I think we merchandise the Holy Spirit a lot in the church, too. And there's a lot of things, there's just layers that we can look at how this applies. We've made worship this, this thing that really doesn't require of us. You know, it's just, it's just like the sons of Le- Levi. They abhorred worship. It's like no big deal. It's just worship, right? You heard me tell the story of a skit that we did one time about a, a guy who walks in a church and, 
And if this was available, I mean, you know, some of us might jump on board. I don't know. At one point in my life, I may have, but we walk into church and some guy shows up, hey, for 1995 today, I will worship for you. And you can sit down and play on your iPhone. And ladies, I have another worshiper over here. And here, and let me introduce you to Rochelle. She's your worshiper today. You can sit and do your nails in church and just let her worship for you. Because so God receives worship. Amen? Like God's some egotistical being waiting for this this mystical incense to rise. He's not looking for worship, church. Well, what do you mean? We're supposed to worship the Lord. He's looking for worshipers. There's a difference. And he's looking for your heart to acknowledge his presence and his glory. And so the church is this, it, we, we've got to get away from this thing, this institutional form of covenant. God, we want to know covenant. We want to know love Jesus came to shed his blood not only for our sin before God to be cleansed, but so that you and I can get along now. Do you know what that means? That means we become the mercy seat. What are you talking about? You are the temple of God. Right? 1 Corinthians 6, 19. You glorify God in your temple. Does the ark dwell in you, in the spirit? What was right where the presence of God dwelt? The mercy seat. That's why Jesus said this. This is so important. When he sent the apostles out, he said, if you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven. If you retain them, they are retained. In other words, we should be people of releasers and mercy to everyone. We preach a message of love, acceptance, and forgiveness and a gospel of repentance. Now, repentance is not condemnation. It's conviction. It's a revealing. It's saying your heart is not turned towards daddy God, but I want to tell you how much he loves you. And in that message of acceptance, their heart repents and they turn to daddy God because we've got to preach repentance. Amen? You know, when we marry repentance and acceptance together, that's how we have spiritual babies. Amen? People are born again from the message of the gospel. Now, Rochelle, I want you to read, finally, I'm getting to it, um, John chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. I told you I wouldn't go long, so I'm just going to, let's go right through this. Go ahead. Now, the Passover of the Jews was approaching, so Jesus went up to Jerusalem. There he found in the temple those who were selling oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers sitting there also at their stands. And having made a lash or a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple, both the sheep and the oxen, spilling and scattering the broker's money and upsetting and tossing around their trays. Then to those who sold the doves, he said, take these things away out of here. Make not my father's house a house of merchandise, a marketplace, a sale shop. You can stop right there. I wish we back and look at this. Let's watch the passion of Jesus. He was so passionate. He made them, I mean, he just like, just completely upset them all. He turned the tables over. Jesus came in to correct. He was a reformer. He came and said, this is not right. I'm protecting the holy things. This is supposed to be a house of prayer. You're taking all the attention that's supposed to be on the holy of holies. It's supposed to be on what it's all about, bringing the sacrifice, coming to pray, and you put it on everything else. And Jesus comes in and just rearranges things here. How many know that, that we have to ask God continually, turn over the tables 
that somehow subtly get set up in my heart, in this temple. That God would just make us a people of passion like Jesus, that we would say, I am not going to let anything get in the way of this covenant that we have with Him and with one another. I'm not going to let my offenses get in the way. I'm not going to let things just get on the inside of me that's going to hinder what God is doing in the earth. Guarding the presence of God. Praying, you know, the cherubims that would guard the presence on either side of the ark, the fiery cherubim, the fiery angels, that we would burn with that same passion. That's why Isaiah was touched with a hot coal from a fiery angel. And he said, I am undone. We've got to remain in that place where, listen, the Levites of today have gone from, and this is what I pray as a worship team, we never do this. they gone from a place of pure worship to entertainment. And this is what I'm talking about. Jesus comes in the temple. He's like, this is entertainment. What are you doing? You're making it easy to worship God. You're not even, he's, there's no requirement for you now. You don't even have to give God your heart. We've made it so easy to get saved. We'll just repeat this little prayer after me and you're good. Hello? I don't think you guys are feeling me right now, but that's okay. I, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm concerned that we've watered down the gospel. It was put this way by a man, um, and he said that we've turned the blood of Jesus into Kool-Aid. Well, just come drink some Kool-Aid, you know, Jim Jones style. That's a little different, but... What, what are we doing? God, turn over the tables in your house. It's a house of prayer. Return to the spirit of holiness. Return to the spirit of prayer. God's asking, he's requiring. Now, I love this verse. Listen, he's making us glorious, which means he's going he's gonna to show us some things and say, you know what, I've got to fix you a little bit. You need, no, you've, you've missed it right there. Turn your heart back to me. That's not covenant. This is covenant. We've even masked our religious Martha attitude with, with a fake zeal. I'm just serving God. Oh, Martha, get out the kitchen. Let's be lovers of God, passionate lovers of God. Jesus said, this is my father's house. Oh, he was passionate. It was not Jesus with a lamb over shoulders. Please put the tables away. No more doves. I want you to get, ask the Holy Spirit to show you. He went in, he made the whip, he took his time, and the whole time he's thinking divine justice. Divine justice. This is not what it was supposed to be. He's thinking, I'm the refiner, and I'm going to come refine. I'm going to come refine and make my bride glorious. We need a passion for his presence, a passion for him, a passion for the gathering, a passion to worship God. Or time flies when you're in the spirit, amen? Amen. Time flies when you're having fun. When you're in the spirit, time flies. We need a passion for worship, a passion to come together and gather. Not a passion to get behind an institution, but a move of God. Hello? And get aligned with vision. Get aligned with His vision. I want to see like you. Let's come together. Let's pray. I loved Wednesday night. We came here, and, and Pastor Alex and Dana did such an amazing job. And we're praying, and we're worshiping. And all the background vocals, the girls are worshiping to a CD. And I'm just like, this is awesome. I love this. And I got to sit with my wife and be in God's presence together. I mean, I would be silly to try to stop that. Well, I want to do worship on Wednesday nights. I'm the pastor. 
God, they're doing a better job than me. Please, I'm getting out of the way here. Hello? Because I have a passion for his presence. I don't have a passion to, to put on a show for you. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to cultivate an atmosphere that brings change in a culture. He's turning over the tables. See, right now it would be perfect for the American pastor to say, turn to the person next to you say, he's turning over the tables. So just go ahead and do it anyways. Turn the person next to you and say, he's turning over the tables. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. And I wore my V-neck for the American pastor. Someone take a picture. Ooh, glory. Oh, I'm so not that. May I never become that either. And I don't mean that in a negative. I mean like I'm going to be who I am. Amen? Be who you are in the Lord. So Jesus, you know, the, the scripture says this, that don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as in the manner of some. We need to learn manners. Not the manner of some. We need to learn the mannerism that Jesus set right here in this verse in John 2, where he said, I'm turning over the tables, and let's learn the custom of coming into the house of God with a fervor love and having honor for him. Let's read verse 17 of John chapter 2. He said, and his disciples remembered that it is written. I love that when God does something, and you're like, oh, that makes sense. Mm, and it just starts coming together. It's called Revelation. And so they remembered the verse that says this. You ready? In the Amplified Version. Why don't you go ahead and read it, honey, if you would. Put it up there. Zeal, the fervor, the fervor of love for your house will eat me up. I will be consumed with jealousy for the honor of your house. I want to say that together. Let's read it from the very top. Ready? Begin. And his disciples remembered that it is written in the Holy Scriptures, zeal, the fervor of love for your house will eat me up. I will be consumed with jealousy for the honor of your house. Let's read the part from right here. You ready? Begin. I will be consumed with jealousy for the honor of your house. One more time. I will be consumed with jealousy for the honor of your house. See, Jesus had a custom. It was to be consumed with God, with the Father. And nothing stood in the way of that. The religious politics of the day, the leadership of the day, did not stand in the way of that. That's why he went to a synagogue and didn't say the priest anointed me or a prophet anointed me. He said the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel, not in an arrogant way, but in a way saying it is what it is, Jack. And we need to look at church and say, okay, is this really covenant? Why is the church, you know, not getting along? I think we need to really know what the love of God is. Alicia was praying it. Another revelation of the depth of his love. What was happening in here in the spirit where we're literally in the spirit coming up and bearing one another's burdens. We've been talking about it the whole series. In the spirit, like that tree, that massive redwood that has no taproot. The largest trees in the earth, the oldest, the biggest, the widest, have no taproot like other trees. But they do have this. They have other roots on the surface that go all the way and they reach around to all the trees around them. That's how they survive the storm, saints. Well, I need to be rooted in God. Yeah, you also need to be rooted with your brothers and sisters. So in the spirit, we're reaching out and we're bearing one another's burdens. And it's different. It's like I, I, we don't have to, you know, when I sit here and worship God, I'm going to just explain this to you. There are so many times I'm here worshiping and, and, and I'm going to tell you, you know, sometimes uh, I need a break from doing both. And, and that's going to happen soon. I was talking about it last week. 
But I was sitting here and I'm worshiping, and sometimes I feel like this presumption, and it, sometimes it rises up in me, and I need to stay in a place where I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is I'm come to meet with God. Hello? Come to meet with you, God. I've come to the place of the sanctuary, the meeting, the tabernacle. I've just come to meet with him. And I've come to meet with him, and I know in that that, that we really encounter one another. The real us, the real you. We walk in the light. We're lock, walking in the light of his glory and his presence. Jesus has turned over the tables, and he's forming and shaping. He's making us right. So Jesus had a passion for this stuff. Turn over to Malachi 3, and we're going to close with this verse. Malachi chapter 3. How many believe that God is refining us? He's making his church glorious, and at the same time, he's, we're not bride bashers. We are not people that, that are so quick to point out the flaws of other ministries and churches. You will know, if those of you that hang out with me, which, by the way, I want to say this, that we are going to be doing it like a pastor's meet and greet once a month. And if, if I don't know you personally, I just met a dear sister, and, and I haven't met your husband yet, but just back there um, with my wife introduced me. And there's a lot of new faces I don't know. I re- we really want to get to know you. We're just not this type of people that, you know, it's like, oh, God bless on Sunday morning. We, we'd love to get to know you. Amen? And so we're going to be doing that soon, um, and it'll be just a little fellowship, you know, little, you know, coffees and snacks and stuff after service, um, like once a month, so that we can get to know each other. Amen? So Jesus um, is, is, is the reformer. He's the refiner. He's purifying, and I want to read this verse to you out of Malachi. This is so good. He says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Why don't you read it, honey? You, you do better than me. Behold, I send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord, the Messiah, whom you seek, will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger or angel of the covenant, whom you desire, behold, he shall come, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears for he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller soap he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver he will purify the priests the sons of levi and refine them like gold and silver that they may offer to the lord offerings in righteousness then will the offering of judah and jerusalem be pleasing to the lord as in the days of old and as in the ancient years. We're singing that ancient song, holy, holy, holy. That song pleases the Lord because we're declaring who he is. So he says, I'm going to send a messenger to prepare the way, John the Baptist, and then the Lord, Messiah, will come to the temple. And he says he's going to refine us. He's going to make us glorious. He's going to refine us. Do you know what? you know what the fire is? The fire is his love. And it burns the stuff off of us that don't need to be there, the stuff that shouldn't be in our lives. Sometimes love hurts, amen? And sometimes it's, it's that fiery love of God. It's like wrath that just comes in and says, no, this is interfering with my love for you. God's so jealous to protect the honor of his house. We should be too. We should be so jealous to protect our relationships with one another. Are we, we can steward everything in our life, but if we don't steward one another, we've missed the whole thing that it's about. 
Hello? If I'm not stewarding relationship, then I've missed the whole thing of why God created us to live in community. To live in a place of honor and glory. To become his glorious bride. We've got to return to him. We've got to return to this place, to the spirit of prayer, the spirit of holiness. I believe that even in this part of this verse where he says he's purifying the sons of Levi, we're living in a time, those of you remember the series we did on the sound of the season, who remembers that just a a few months ago? Um, And God is taking worship and he's purifying it. Because how many know that worship is not, it's not about us. We, we are literally coming and we're ministering to the Lord. That is our priority in this church, ministry to the Lord, number one. If all we did was come and minister to the Lord, we've done the first thing that we're supposed to do, Ezekiel chapter 44, amen? And we come, we gather, we equip the saints, but we've got to understand worship is not about us. You've heard me tell the story that um, there's a little girl and, and uh, it's, uh, she's at a birthday party. And actually, it's fitting. I've heard the story, but my daughter Hannah um, at one time was at her big sister's birthday party. And my uh, daughter was turning nine, I believe. And she had a bunch of nine-year-olds over, about 10 nine-year-old little girls. Sweet Jesus. And I left and went to Guitar Center. And it was glorious. I honored the temp. I mean, wait. Uh, sorry. Forgive me, Father. The guitar center is not the temple. My bad. I'm a musician, you know. We love that. So we go to guitar center. We come back, and my little Hannah Grace, she's so sweet, so sensitive. We don't even, I mean, you represent Hannah. Don't do that. She's like, she starts crying, you know. She's so, and she's crying, and we're like, what's wrong, honey? She's like, well, I'm not, I don't get to play with all the other girls. I don't get to play the games because there was an age gap. And I said in the most loving way, honey, it's not your birthday. It ain't about you. In a lot of ways, we're like that. The music's not the way we like it. It's just, God, it ain't your birthday, dog. It's about him. And the refiner's fire, so fitting for this morning where worship just kind of went on. Welcome to the church. I'm sorry, we're not really seeker friendly. We're seeker aware, but we're Holy Spirit friendly. Amen. And it's 1255, so let me close in prayer. We usually go an hour and a half, hour and 45, you know. Um, first service is much more timely. It has to be because you all come at 11. And so we close around 9.30, I mean 10.30. But it ain't your birthday. God's refining the church. He's turning over the tables. You know what this thing was? All the stuff set up in the temple, they would have this little basket that they would carry and they'd just be ready to get their stuff that they needed in the temple. What God can do for me, what God can do for me. What God can do for me. Worship was so good. Well, was it good for you or the Father? Hello? You know my heart about worship. And I, but God's purifying the Levites. He's purifying his priests. We're kings and priests unto our God. That's you. He's refining us together. And I'm telling you, we're going to be moving into a series about taking our city and the authority that we have, that we've been sent by God. Those of you that are part of the church and those of you that are just, you know, becoming a part of it. Know this, that our vision is not to just shepherd people. It's to win the city and plant churches and multiply. Our motto is from the inner city to the outer nations. And we are so excited about this year. Some of the the, the great friends um, of this house 
ministers of the gospel, fathers of this house, apostolic leaders and prophetic teachers coming this year. Next Saturday, you don't want to miss next Saturday night. I'm just telling you right now. Harold Eberly is, is, he's the man. He's a genius, but he's also a very anointed prophet teacher. And, uh, and so I really want to encourage you guys to come. Bring someone that needs it. There's going to be several other churches represented here. Um, the gentleman that's doing worship is a good friend of mine, Mike Lighty. He leads worship at ICLV on the other side of town. Um, so how many are ready to let God turn over some tables in you? Amen. Let's close in prayer. I want to ask you to stand up right now. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing. We thank you for what you've done. And I, I ask you, Lord, right now to reveal the tables in us that need to be turned over, God. That our focus has been on what we can get and on the outer court. And Lord, we thank you the veil's ripped, that the blood covenant, Jesus, you're our Passover. And we thank you we can come and partake of you together. We can come into the presence of God together. And you're like this master potter spoken of in Jeremiah 18, molding this lump of clay, the church. The children of Israel. See, we always look at that verse. Look at me real quick. We always look at that verse and apply it individually. Always. It's okay to do that, right? But do you know in Jeremiah 18, the potter and the clay, he's talking about the whole children of Israel. Read it. He's forming us together. Oh, that clay is a little hard. Let's soften that up. How many ever felt like that piece right there? So, so that we could be cohesive. So we could be ruled by love so we could be his glorious bride how many know he's making his bride glorious i am not the person i was a year ago nor a year before transformation hurts but it's wonderful when you come out when you come out of the fire you're stronger than you were before and a lot of times we're just fighting ourselves we're trying to jump off the wheel and god's like would you just sit still let me form you amen amen I love every single one of you, and I just pray blessings over all of you. Blessings of the Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just touch, you would just touch your people. I thank you for such a, a holy reverence during worship, such a holy reverence and, and just what you're doing right now. And, and, you, and we're growing together, and we're taking Henderson, we're taking Las Vegas for Jesus, for the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Seal it with praise.